we need your help because uh, we bring so much to the community. We have so many great shows and shit like that. Let's get to Jen. Hi, Jen. So Hi, Jen, everybody so, give money to Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you. Okay. So here's the thing. I want to tell you guys. Uh, Jen did this great um, show this summer, this great exhibition, um, and she's going to tell you a little bit about it. And it's based on the concept of apologies. And apology is a very, you know, apology has such a is such a loaded word. I mean, it, it can mean something deeply personal. It can mean something very insincere. It can be hostile. It can be angry. It can be destructive. It can be incredibly positive incredibly positive. It can be sexual. Um, you know, I think one of the, I somebody, I heard somebody on Ezra Klein's podcast recommending the apology by V as one of the best, um, books that they've read. And, um, so Jen, tell us about your show at mother-in-law gallery. So my show's called, it just closed, was called mistakes were made. Um, note the passive tense, which is a big no-no in apologies. Um, and I started getting obsessed with, um, all of the really bad public apologies that, um, that famous people issue when they're caught doing something bad. And, um, I couldn't stop, you know, I just started collecting them. And at the same time, for years, actually, I've been obsessed with the sort of little fake cute signs, like the ones that you see in your Airbnb, like live, love, laugh signs is what I, that is mm-hmm. my shorthand. And then um, Marjorie Ingle, actually, who wrote about the show on her great blog, sorrywatch.com, which analyzes apologies, um, she called the font that I like to use bridesmaid font, which was absolutely perfect. Oh, that's it's, so funny. Uh, so I just got it also was really, I just couldn't understand why, why those kind of signs and why that font was just bothering me so much. I mean, you know, it's dumb and irritating, but why I just couldn't get over it, like the wine mom and the whatever. And, uh, so I realized that those two things, that there was a connection that they were both fake authenticity. Mm. Um, they were both like mass produced, market tested PR, you know, in the case of the public apologies, PR consensus driven. And, you know, like the, uh, in, in the case of the apology signs, it's like the, they will just like, it, you can buy it at Michael's Shrinkcraft and it says handmade, you know? Mm-hmm. So that the sort of bonus, the like just in your face, lying that both of those things are doing uh, drove me nuts and I decided to put the fake content uh, put the fake content in the fake form so in other words um, these are written by where where did the where did so let me describe folks let me describe let me do a little more description to to the listeners because I don't know if they have enough context and um I want to make sure that they do. Okay. So this was a show that you did, um, upstate in, uh, well, it's in Germantown. It's at this really wonderful gallery called mother-in-laws, which is pretty new was started during the pandemic. 
and it's run by people that used to run Front Room, Daniel Acock and and, and Kathleen Vance, Vance, along with um, Jessica Hargraves. Did I say her name right? Hargraves. 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 I always put an S in there. So anyway, the three of them got together and they made this like little space and um, Jen filled the space. I'm going to say it looked kind of like a store. Would you say that? That was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the conceit that it was like a a sorry store. It was like a little boutique. And it it was like one of those um, kind of like stores. I mean, Jen, you and I probably both love going in them where they sell like cards and candles and Things like that, right? Gift yeah, items. And I mean, you know, there's there's fun stuff in there and then there's also like really icky stuff in the stores. <laughs> right. Right, right. Like Spencer Gifts was a huge influence on me growing uh, up. For How me, about you? It was Hallmark. Hallmark. Ah. I would go to yeah, the mall. I would spend my time in the mall at the Hallmark store and buy votive candles and stuff. Right, right. So we're we're talking about, I think people understand what we're talking about. Um, I also, you know, there was one thing I left out. I wanted to let them know what a fucking amazing artist you are with your back and what a great background you have. So, because I didn't, I didn't tell, I didn't get to tell them that. I was telling about Radio Free Brooklyn. So um, you went, here's the thing, guys. I'm just going to tell you this really quick so you get an idea about Jen, Okay. She uh, has a BA in fine arts from UCLA, an MFA from Pratt in Brooklyn. Her work has been exhibited at um, all these museums. I'm not going to mention them all because there's too many. One of them is the Flag Art Foundation, uh, museums in New York, Boston, LA, Gagosian Gallery. And her work's been written about in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, art form, hyperallergic, freeze everything, and also a lot of books, books by a lot of famous um, art writers. You might not know them, but Sarah Thornton is one, Sharon Loudon is one, and Anne Feiners. Like, those are the most, like, those are major, major writers, folks. This person is not kidding around. Um, I, I want you to go to our website. It's jendalton.com. What is it, Jen? What's your website? Jenniferdalton.com. And look it up, okay? Fine. Do your own research. We don't have time for that today. So, all right. So you're the uh, best booster. Okay. So what? Um, what was in the store? What did you curated the store? A lot of it was your work. You also had other people's work, right? Right. So yeah. So one of the things that Mother-in-Law's Gallery does, and it, yeah, it's run by yeah Jessica Hargraves and um, the two the couple behind Front Room, and they still Front Room is still still doing stuff. They also they have a gallery like a pop up in Hudson right now. Um, so they're they're working on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, but so one of the things the one of the ideas behind Front Room is that they have a lead artist one or more lead artists, and then um, they work, they incorporate work on the theme by other artists as well. So for me, that works really well because I wanted to make, I wanted to feature a whole bunch of merch in this store. So, um, so you know, the, the bulk of the objects in there were, you know, my apologies, and then I made some other sort of apology merch type things, and then I invited and together with the gallery, they also invited 
Um, we all together, I think we had 13 other artists, which is more, I mean, it's a relatively That's new a space, lot. but 13 is a lot for, and it's a very small space too, but everything was small, you know, mm-hmm. it was, um, and arranged like, like a boutique on little tiered tables and shelves and racks mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a bunch of other artists made really, really cool stuff that I felt like fit the theme in various ways. Like, I mean, the show sort of, I think there were three kind of ideas behind the show that other artists could tap into. And one of them was like the faux, like um, making something that uh, it looks like one thing, but it is something else. Jen? Yes? Um, uh, we are, we, we, we are, I'm in a rush now. I'm in a rush now. Um, okay, so just, can you just like, um, there. Just like describe a few of the items. Just describe a few of the items. Just like list okay. in a list form. <laughs> Am I bossy or what? I'm. A, I. Yes, I want to get to the good part. I want to get to the good part. Go ahead, say it. Just okay. three so, items. Tells three okay. items, and don't say okay. mine. Don't. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Lisa Levy was in the show, and she made several awesome items, and that I'm not supposed to tell you about. Um, okay, so Alyssa McClenahan made, um, contributed a few of these gorgeous sculptures that kind of look like radiators, but they're actually made out of foam and enamel paint. And let's see, Jennifer and Kevin McCoy contributed these <laughs> funky, cheesy, custom-made, um, like, lucite clocks. Like, they were sort of corporate, and they were called shitty little clocks. Um, they were actually um, uh, embossed that said shitty little clocks or engraved. And then, um, what did they see. say? What did they say? They literally said shitty little clock. Oh, like a shitty little clock. Shitty little yeah. clocks. Right. And then Ghost of a Dream um, contributed a whole bunch of pencils that they made, number two pencils that were custom printed that said, you will always be number two. <laughs> So there's three items. Okay, there's three so, so you guys items. you guys get it. It's very conceptual, it's very funny. Um I think you must have had some good sales there because a lot of the items were very affordable. Extremely affordable. And and um I uh, also um I'm going to read your statement about uh, so Okay, wait. Before I read that, so did did you how did you feel about the show? Did you get a lot of, did you get a lot of, um, you know, did people come and see it? It was really crowded when I was there. Yeah. Tons of people came and, you know, I have a tendency in general to, to make, to always offer things that, um, are really cheap or sometimes I give away work. And so I will say that we moved a lot of products, but, you know, a lot of it was in the two-digit <laughs> Right, right, right. You know, I mean, I, I really think one of the central things about that I like to do is to try to make art accessible to normal people. Right. Um, and so that meant that I was selling things, you know, there were lots of things in the store for $20. Right. You know, so what's really cool is that you've got a lot of artists' work in the hands of many, many people, right? Yep. And a yep. lot of the items were very functional. And there's probably somebody out in the world now with their number two pencil and a whole room full of people are laughing at them. How much do you <laughs> love that? Right, guys? So I want to get, I just want to, um, um, in your, uh, take this one sentence from your statement and tell people about it. 
Um, it says her subjects. This is this is this is about this is about Jen. This is about the person I'm talking to. You guys. It says her subjects are often chosen in an attempt to test a hypothesized, you know, subjects meaning subjects of her work. Uh, so she chooses work to test a, her work is to test a hypothesis or to dissect a chip on her own shoulder. So would you say this apology work was something that's personal? Is there a chip on your I I love that you you put that you're willing to put that out there that you have a chip on your shoulder. So this work seems to me like it clearly fits into that. Does would you say so? Tell me about that. It totally fits into the chip on my shoulder or the other way I like to put it is I have a bee in my bonnet. Like I just couldn't (laughs) stop thinking about these things. They were just irritating me so much that I had to like lean into them instead of lean away from them. But, um, uh, in this case, I would say that the show is a little bit of a departure for me in that, in that way, it's not a departure, but in the way of testing a hypothesis, it is a little bit of a departure because I usually try to make work that's sort of quasi-statistical or quasi-scientific. Like I try to count things and analyze things. Um, and in this case, I really let myself explore the apologies without fully... I mean, I think this is maybe going to be the next phase. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really analyze them. Like, you know, one thing I'd like to do is to analyze, you know, group them, you know, by what... a what makes them a bad apology? You know, some of them are like focusing on themselves. Some of them are saying like, I'm sorry you feel that way, which is, you know, not sorry for your own actions, but sorry for the other person's feelings. And some of it is like past tense, like there are actions and my past that were hurtful, which is mm-hmm. just a ridiculous thing to say, mm-hmm. you know, so, so at some point I might, I might actually apply like some more counting and analysis to mm-hmm. these then. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't do that here. I just let myself just, have a little bit of fun with them. One area that seems um, particular or seems um, consistent, and you tell me, but I'm just going to take a wild guess, is that it seems that you are focusing a lot on apologies that are more of um, more political, more more of an excuse, more of a show, rather to to sort of like. Uh, uh, very passive aggressive, like where people don't want to apologize. So they're doing that kind of apology. Is that right? And insincere. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So basically all of the plaques that I made are excerpts from, you know, I can't know what's in someone's heart, but an apology that gives every appearance of being insincere. Um, and so all of the plaques are bad apologies. They're not necessarily all from the political realm, but it, they basically had to be public apologies. I'm not working with private apologies, you know, mm-hmm. these are po- apologies that were put out in as to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had a case um, where I made little lamps with um, like little with sayings printed on them Um and those were the same way in a boutique that like good stuff goes in the case. Right. Those were the, there were some, some heartfelt and some apologies that really seem to deal with, you know, grapple with the harm that these people caused. Mm. And excerpts from these apologies, these good apologies went into the case. Mm. So what does um, the idea of apology mean to you 
personally? Is there something like, is it something you have an awareness of apology, right? Well, I think the main thing is accepting that you did something bad or you did something wrong, like actually acknowledging, um, that you did something (laughs) that that, um, perhaps you should not have done. Um, And I think most public apologies don't actually do that. Mm. Um, And in fact, I mean, most private apologies don't actually Mm. do that um, in my experience or, you know, living in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's really hard for people. It makes us very vulnerable to admit, to like straight up admit that we really did something you know, that we shouldn't have done. We're always trying to hedge it or trying to like squirm out of it a little bit. Right. People um, aren't, or, or I think personally I do, I do the opposite where I go overboard on the apologies so that I can get reassurance. Like I'm demanding in my apology. Yeah. And apologies are really supposed to be independent of what response you might get from the other person. Absolutely. You know, not asking for something. Abs- yeah. Uh, uh, Absolutely. I mean, some t- I I'd like to think on my healthier days they are. Um, but so did you? Did you deal with um, people growing up that weren't great at apologizing, or is there anything? Is there anything in your, you know, in your past that like particularly strikes you about apologies? Maybe it's an authority figure or something like that, or um. I can't think of anything about apologies in particular, but I think that like apo- uh, authority figures behaving badly is like a major like hot button for me. Mm. Um, and I've never, I actually don't know why, but, um, mm-hmm. but people in authority who are disrespectful or untruthful, um, drives me nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you, of course, that's most of them all the time. Yeah. So do you think that um, it's because, do you think it's the apology or do you think that the general level of insincerity that you're faced with um, in situations with authority figures? I mean, we're also, I'm just thinking it, I mean, what's occurring to me now is like we're talking about the art world, right? And the art world is very political, meaning very socially conscious, uh, very self-conscious. And Mm -hmm. um, do you, so, and you have, you know, well, that's your profession. (laughs) So I'm wondering if, if um, some of it, some of it comes from who, is it, so in other words, is it just apologies that you're dealing with or is it the phoniness of other people? Um, I would say that, that phoniness is the larger theme, but not just other people. Like, I mean, you know, we all, we all uh, have trouble, you know, being brave, mm-hmm. you know, in our lives with each other. Like, um, and, um, so in this particular case, because I'm dealing with public figures, 
you know, a lot of the time in my work, I'm screwing myself and including myself. In this particular case, I've never issued a public apology, and <laughs> I hope to not be in a position where I have to. <laughs> oh, wow, um, that would be amazing. Maybe you this, should. So. Maybe you should. <laughs> well, actually, you know what's interesting, or it is it's not public at all. It's a private apology, but. I did make an apology as part of this show. I created, I, I included a gumball machine, a vending machine that had, um, there were bracelets on it. One bracelet said, it's not me, it's you. One bracelet said, it's not you, it's me. Um, and then there were also Hershey's Kisses in the little capsules, some of the little capsules. So you didn't know what you were going to get. And then there's buried in the machine was one apology from me to the viewers of the show, but only one person would ever get it. Wow. Um, and what yeah. was that apology? That apology said, I'm sorry I spent so much time on this show instead of working on something more important. That makes me, that's poignant. I mean, it makes me sad. It makes me laugh. It makes me, um, you know, admire your bravery. It's smart and clever and a lot of other things. But did, did, did you feel that way? Yeah, I often, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you for saying sincere. that. I, no, you know what? I have to tell you, I am really um, taken by that because I feel like that about every project I do. I love that you said that. I mean, I mean, I feel bad that you feel that way, but I, do you think that's part of the creative process? Probably. I mean, but I also think, you know, we're living in a time where the world is going to shit. And so I'm really just not sure making art is the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to also, you know, pick up a shovel for to, to be an actual, you know, citizen of the world that helps someone other than my own expression. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I spend a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out um, ways to express myself in art. And I'm not sure that's the best use of my mm. time right now but did um did you feel that way about the project or did i mean you you didn't you feel that about being an artist not about a project yeah not a, not about the specific project no just about being an artist and you know it's really easy to look back in history and say i'm really glad that these artists made work through world war ii or you know mm-hmm. i'm really glad mm-hmm. that um that these people didn't stop writing poems you know when their world was going to shit at different points in history. Um, but in the current moment, you know, it feels kind of hard to justify. Hmm. That's interesting. So you feel, I mean, um, that wasn't what I was saying and I don't want, we don't, this is not about me, but, um, it's a, to focus on you. That's interesting what you were saying. So it's really nothing to do about the project. It's about oh, your okay, role. So- because I feel like that about all my projects. I feel like... You, I know you want to talk about me, but that is really interesting. So for you, you're like, when you're making a work, working a project, you're sort of like, oh, this project isn't good enough. I should be making something else. Like, no, I feel like that. This is, this is the truth of how I feel. I feel like every time I finish a project, kind of like no matter the result, the, you know, result, how it came out, what people say, whatever, I always feel, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Welcome to being an artist. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but but you actually have more of a social conscious that 
that's great. Yeah, and You're- of course, sometimes I think my, you know, I sometimes also think the work I made is crap. But when I, even when I think the work is good, I'm not sure it's what I was. Uh, well, I, I'm really glad to hear you say that it's really about your role in society and not about this work because, and not about this project because it was fabulous and people loved it and it was fun and accessible, did everything that I think art should do for sure. Um, and, and inclusive, all that stuff that we just talked about. But, um, so you feel like your social responsibility, do you think that has an, your parent, Jen, Jen has a, a boy that's going off to college in a week. So do you, do you feel like being a parent has made you, is that part of being a parent? Cause, um, I'm much more self-indulgent. Um, and I think uh, a lot of artists are, a lot of artists don't feel, I don't feel like that's that common among artists that they feel like they should be doing more for society. I think a lot yeah. of them feel like, I don't think I'm doing anything, but I mean, a lot of artists do feel like they're, what they're doing is worthwhile for society. So, um, do you think being a parent has influenced that? Uh, possibly, um, I mean, I think, you know, parents a lot of the time are pretty guilty of of putting their own little, you know, family unit, putting mm-hmm. what you, you know, being pretty selfish and self-indulgent just, you know, in the sort of, not just yourself, but doing things for your, for your uh, kid, um, mm-hmm. you know, as an extension of yourself. So I don't know, like, that's definitely a huge right. piece of parenting as well. Right. Um, and I should also say that even though, you know, I have this, this guilt about or or uh about making art i i don't stop like right right (laughs) well that's what you do that's what you do this is what i do if i could stop i would (laughs) so this is really interesting so like it sounds like that for you apologies is more of a social a society issue than a personal issue Oh, it's so both because, you know, I mean, I just think, you know, being truthful with each other would go a long way, mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and actually being truthful with ourselves would go a long way. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's, yeah, that's kind good. of an epidemic of, of lying to yourself. And these apologies, I think, also let people off the hook to themselves. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel if, as far as like um, being being honest with people? I mean, is it hard for you or like what I guess I'm wondering about is, is, is it, is your, um, take on apologies more about you apologizing? And it's not, when we say apology, we mean being honest really and, and being responsible for your own actions. But, mm-hmm. um, so is it more coming from you or more that pe- how people are resp- are reacting, what you're getting or what? you're putting out there. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Like, is it more about me or is it more about, is it not me? It's you or is it not you? It's me. No, is it more, is it more like you don't believe people are being sincere or is it that you would like to be more sincere? It is totally both. Both. And can you, it is about how hard it is, you know, to be sincere, how hard it Mm -hmm. is to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. What? And how hard it is to be courageous. What what area what situations make it hard for you to be s- as sincere as you might like or as uh, honest as you might like? You are going for the jugular. 
What? Um, I said you're going for the jugular. Well, this is uh, what we're talking. You know, you can also say, you know, I don't, uh, I can't think. Of, I don't want to talk about it. I don't have, we could, we, well, we don't I do have want to, to talk about it, but I can't immediately think of the right well, answer. Well, that's cool. There. Oh, wow. Did you see what you just, oh, wow. She said the right <laughs> answer. This is like, uh, this is, you know, self-proclaimed. I'm a well, self-proclaimed. Well, I mean by the right answer mm-hmm. is the truth, although it's funny that I put it that way. Yeah, so it, it's so do you, I mean do you feel do you feel frustrated sometimes or do you feel is there a frustration that you wanted to maybe say more be more honest with people and you have and you feel like inhibited from doing so? I mean, I don't think that's the genesis of the work, but I mean, I think that's true of all of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, you know, it's yeah. hard to be truthful with yourself. Like it's hard to mm-hmm. just fully see yourself mm-hmm. like clearly and, um, and sort of coldly, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, I, I, you know, truth is not the be all end all. Like, I mean, I think a lot of times when people say I was just being honest, you know, it's sort of an excuse for cruelty. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's what's not- so interesting about apologies and what you were pointing out with your work, which is that these people are putting apologies and they're just another form of lying. Isn't that what we're talking talking yeah, about? Yeah. Because politicians lie and they've always lied, but now it's become they become less subtle about it. And apologies is one more um one more form of that. Is there yeah, any... It's not... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that... that um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, in politics, yeah, you're right that there's been this big move away from subtlety and sort of towards, like, bald face lying. But in the realm of these apologies, that's not as true. Like, these are attempts to sort of fudge in a way that, for instance, I looked to see if I could find an apology by Donald Trump, and I couldn't. (laughs) That's fascinating. Wow. Um, I did find one from Sarah Palin that said, "If that's the way, if that's the way it came across, I apologize." (laughs) Which is terrible, but it isn't. But it is, you know, it's a it's a fudge, not a not a like sort of double down. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not doubling down is like you get points now if you don't make it worse. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I, well, I didn't double down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please uh, accept my half-assed apology. What? 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 Is there one particular a p- public a figure that like drove you? Was there one that like kind of sparked it or made you insane or like oh my god or? Well, I don't think this is the one that sparked it because I was working on these before then. But the one that really just is so, so galling to me, maybe above and beyond all the others, is Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. The only apology Brett Kavanaugh ever made publicly that I could find was an apology for his demeanor at his Senate hearing, uh, no, confirmation hearing. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'm." this was his statement. I mean, you know, again, I, I was taking excerpts, so this is not his statement in its entirety. But he said, I might have been too emotional at times. 
Wow. That is Brett Kavanaugh's apology. Wow. 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 And that's that really, really aggravating. Yeah. Wow. So what did and you... And I do just wonder, what does he think in there? But anyway, sorry, go ahead. I was wondering about, like, um, what you learned from, you know, you must have had quite some dialogues uh, with peop- the visitors and with, you know, the curators. And I was just wondering um, if you, you know, were... If what, what your thoughts were about that, did they bring up things that you hadn't thought about or did you, what did you learn from what, I mean, you learned something, you learned a lot, I'm sure. And I I had so many really amazing conversations. I mean, this Mm -hmm. brought up, this brought up so much. I met, I met people, I met people who are doing work on restorative justice. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. And what do they do? What did they do? Yeah, what's, um, I mean, what they is restorative a, they justice? Started a, oh, restorative justice is trying to bring people together, like, you know, somebody who feels wronged and somebody who did something wrong. And Legally. Get them, I mean, I'm going to do a terrible job at explaining okay, it. Okay, don't, don't. Go ahead, go ahead. We only have, like, <laughs> five minutes. Am I going to have to do a public apology Go ahead. This? So, yes, um, so, mm-hmm. That's bringing what... people together to find closure in a way that's not um, not involving you know, punishment and, and uh, mm. that's involving um, something positive for, for both parties. Mm-hmm. the way I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I met somebody who told me about a decades old assault that she was still trying to process. And she was trying to, um, she was still in contact with the person and she was trying to decide if she should ask him for an apology. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like, I mean, just some of the conversations that I had at this, and I was so grateful, even though I don't live up in the area, I was grateful to be able to be, you know, in the show quite a bit. And um, just people, people brought up, you know, all sorts of sort of really interesting, different responses, um, you know, to to the theme. Um, right. And hopefully, it, you know, these dialogues will, will continue. Oh, I did just want to say one other thing that you said a minute ago sparked something for me, which is that I think a really common thing for me, I called it a bee in my bonnet, but a lot of my work, that's like kind of maybe too gentle sometimes. A lot Mm -hmm. of my work comes out of when I said, when I brought up the Brett Brett Kavanaugh thing, it's like, I feel what I feel is actually really like rage, Mm -hmm. but I need to find a way to channel that. Hmm. into something that I can live with or into something even like, you know, injecting some gallows humor into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's a lot of the, the gen, the kernel that this show came out of. Ah, the rage that you have at so- yeah. society, let's say, or, in, in at, or just um, general free floating rage. <laughs> I would say I have rage at authority figures. I mean, I have, I have a lot of rage, it, and I don't know that I call it free-floating. It's just attached to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but you know, at authority figures behaving badly and, and not being held accountable. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a way of processing that and actually bringing some humor into it mm-hmm. and dealing with it so that mm-hmm. it doesn't eat me alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... um so, it, but does that happen? It sounds like more like, so you're navigating it more on a 
social level than a personal level, it feels like, right? I'm probably trying to take the personal level and channel it into social because mm-hmm. it's easier okay. to deal with. Okay, because as a, as a fake therapist, I'm going to say, and this is fine, this is not judging in any way, but um, it feels like um, you you are you are um, you know not comfortable. You ob- who is you're not comfortable dealing with your own rage, right? With yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, it's great that the art is coming this way, coming out you know, is useful. That's why we make art. That's what it's mm-hmm. useful for. But um, I'm wondering if there's a way that do you, is there any way that you can, that you process it in your own life? Or are you really, uh, you know, not, are you really like, it, it feels a little like you're resisting your own rage. Right. To yourself. Well, this is, I, I am trying to process it in my own life, and this is actually my second therapy session of the day. <laughs> okay. Um, so I am working on it in my mm-hmm. own life also, mm-hmm. um, but I think the art really helps me. Mm-hmm. I think the art mm-hmm. is like a, a like turning it into something physical in the world mm-hmm. um, is helpful for me. Right. It's also hard for me to get a sense. We only have like one minute left, but it's also really hard for me to get a sense of who in your in your personal life in your day-to-day life that your rage is like if it's from your childhood or if it's going on now or where it comes from and I'm not sure you're aware of it are you mm, not fully no mm. not fully mm. um well yeah. you, you know what Probably I love on that. <laughs> I love that um, the brilliant way you're using humor to manage your rage. I mean, that is really, to me, that is really healthy. That's like, you know, a really, really smart, healthy, positive way to put it out there. So I'm going to have to thank say you. thank you for um, sharing all that. And um, uh, j- people should look at your work at jenniferdalton.com. Com. I'm going to post all that. Send me the article and I'll post that when I post this episode, oh, okay? And thank you, Lisa. I really enjoy what you do. Uh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me in that great show, too. And I want to remind people to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Stick around all afternoon. Dr. Lisa gets shit.